0: It's new, stranger. Dude, I feel like every week it's like Nate's back. Hey, oh, I've just it's been like every week. It's been every time I'm I'm on it. It's like three weeks later. I don't really understand. That's it's just your, that's life, just man. Dep- it's, just, it's just life.
1: It's just a season. That's what we. That's what we've <laughs> told people too. It's just a season. Like it is. I, I forget. Were you even on when I said this your day? If we've done 225 episodes, you've been on 200 of them. It's just, it's just 10 of the ones you missed have been this year.
0: Yeah. have been this year. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's just kind of been a little bit crazy, but, uh, we'll, we'll get back to some kind of consistency here soon. And it's always a little crazy going into the summer.
1: Like every year we, we kind of have last year you actually got married this year. We're doing, we're doing the wedding part two. but last year you actually got married. And, uh, so I remember we did a, we did a draft with Todd Waldron and Bill Cooksey like ahead of time. We did a bachelor party episode. Like, it was just yeah, some we bl- did. It was some shenanigans in May. Right, right. All right. Question. When I say what's new, Nate, though, with your infrequency on the podcast, I feel like you have an obligation to the listeners to give us a Huck date, pup
0: date. I, I do, yes. Um. He, you know, Huck, we did some fun stuff this weekend, went to a Navda training day, which was interesting. And uh, we learned that uh, Huck has some work to do still. And um, you know, he's an eight month old puppy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if, you know, if well. someone's
1: new to the show, tell them who Huck is.
0: Huck is my eight month old poodle pointer and that's spelled P U D E L. And yes, it is as pretentious as it sounds. Um <clears throat> but he is a it's a German pointing versatile breed. Um and uh great dog. Love the dog. He's just a little wild. We're gonna but. interrupt we're gonna interrupt this Huck date and we're gonna drop in um
1: Official sister of the show. Is that offensive to my sister if I say that? I don't think so.
0: Your sister's never been on the podcast. so Yeah. You
1: know. My sister probably doesn't even know where the podcast is. Official sister of the show, Kaylee Grace Henderson. has. We're going to get her on the phone. I was able to speak with her earlier today, so live recorded. Um, and she is going to give us a, a Huck pup date on Nate's dog, Huck, that um, surprisingly has no profanity in it. So... Let's, let's hear from Kaylee and then I'll let Nate respond. So as a special guest, I have reached out to Kaylee Grace Henderson to give the pup date Huck date this week because you did some babysitting of little Huck while Nate was off gallivanting, right?
2: Yes, I did. I was trying to be a good sister aunt and decided to agree to watch him. And so And I regret everything.
1: Yeah, so so can you give us a hug date? Nate is not privy to what we're about to say. <laughs> so you can you can embellish as much as possible. But can you give us a, okay. a, hu- a hug huck date for what happened while you watched the most precious dog on the planet?
2: <laughs> you know, I have been around Huck a few times and you know, he's a puppy, but he's he's still pretty good for a puppy. And so I'm like, yeah, that's why I agreed to do it because I can handle it, whatever. I work from home, so I knew I could be here. So I had him for 24 hours and I have never wanted to kill a dog more in my entire life. And basically, long story short is I, they all say that he sleeps through the night. I don't believe that because I have yet to see it. So I had him like Monday to Tuesday. Yes. Monday night, he woke up at 2 a.m. And then 5 a.m. I woke up. He had peed on my floor. So I had stepped in that before I realized what it was. And took him outside so he could finish going to the bathroom, came back in. um, I fell back asleep, then woke up to him basically on my bed, but about to throw up yelling at him. So I had to drag him off the bed. Thankfully, he didn't throw up on my bed. So that's how the day started. Did he throw up? He did throw up three times. Yes. On my floor.
1: Poor little guy.
2: It's hardwood floor. So it was easy to clean, but still like I don't do well with vomits. Like then I started to feel sick. So it was just not a great way to start the day. And I'm exhausted at this point and it's only like nine o'clock and I take uh, my cousin has a dog as well. So I took Huck out first and let him go to the bathroom. Then took brought him in and took Daisy out while I was taking Daisy out. He was like jumping up on the door and scratching and barking and stuff. And when I went to open the door, he had locked me out of the house. I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. I'm in my pajamas. Um, it's like first thing in the morning. I don't have star work till like nine o'clock, so this is like right before nine, and I'm just sitting. Like I immediately start sobbing, which is usually not my go-to um, emotion. I usually just get angry, but today I would that day I was just over it already.
1: And you so you did not have your cell phone, which I think is an important cell point at this at, yes. the, at this juncture.
2: Did not have my cell phone. Did not have my Apple Watch on because sometimes my phone's close enough I can use that. Didn't have anything. Thought we had a spare key hidden somewhere. It wasn't where it was supposed to be. So I'm in my pajamas with the dog. Huck's still barking and going on. I'm crying. I have to go across the street to the neighbor's house, who I've never talked to before. Knock on her door. Huck is bringing people together. (laughs) He's really uniting everyone on my road. So I get her phone to call my dad, because I don't know my cousin's number. So I call dad, who's at the beach with Nathan. And living
1: their best life, fishing and yes, hanging out.
2: Right. Not a care in the world. Right. And I am sobbing at this point still. And so I called out. I'm like, I need you to call Aaron to get so she can come home to let me in the house because I'm locked out. And he was like, are you OK? And I'm like, no, I'm not OK at all. So he hangs up, calls Aaron. Aaron's on her way to Jacksonville to meet a client. So the story is just getting worse. Like nothing is going my way at this point. So then I call my landlord and they're on the way like she said okay i'll be there in a little bit hook at this point is still just like barking and jumping and scratching my door and all this stuff so i'm just standing like in my carport i've taken my shoes off at this point because it's 95 degrees at 9 30 a.m
1: do your feet still sweat is that why because it's well, like, like
2: i think i just like was tired of wearing them i don't know why i took them off i just was like i'm over this okay so Or me and Daisy are sitting, the dog, are sitting in the carport waiting for my landlord to get there. And Huck gets really quiet because he had been barking the entire time. I'm like, that's weird. So I go around the back because that's the back door was the one that he locked. And he has unlocked the door, opened it somehow, and bolted down my street almost to like the end of my street. And, um, I, so I'm running after him barefoot. Daisy's running after him barefoot. So I'm chasing two dogs down the street in my pajamas, no shoes on. And fi- there's two people. Tell me
1: you're man. from Polk County without telling me you're <laughs> from Polk County.
2: I And I'm like drenched in sweat. And um, so there's two people, thankfully, because I'm yelling at him. And so they help me get him back. I like throw him inside the house. Hold on a second. thank him.
1: The people that helped you get him back, were they like, what an adorable dog?
2: I don't know because I was so far away from them. They okay. just kind of like stopped him for me and I was like going to him, but then he started running towards me. So I didn't even have to go all the way to where he was. He started running back towards me. Okay. Um, at this point, I don't care if he's cute or not. He was just driving me insane. So I get him inside. I spank him. I don't know if, they, if Nathan and Catherine spanked him before he stayed with me, but he got spanked a lot while he was here. And... Basically, he had peed in the house while I was outside. While you were so, locked out. Yes. So get him inside. You know, I'm just a mess. Um, I hide another key outside so I'm like, if he does this again, we'll be okay. Because later I took him, Daisy out again and he locked us out again. And then... The earliest I could take him to my parents' house, like when I found out they were going to leave the beach, I just went ahead and took him over there because I'm like, I'm done with this freaking dog. I don't care. It's a two and and a half, three hour
1: trip for them. You figure you'll be there when they get home and you can pass him off to grandma and be.
2: Right. Because he can handle a couple hours by himself. So I take him to my parents' house, take him inside first. Um, go out to get the rest of his stuff because he has basically like a diaper bag and a bed. Can we pause for
1: dramatic <laughs> effect right here because this is the best part of the story.
2: He has a whole diaper bag. <laughs> and um, I go to open the door and he's locked me out of my parents' house.
1: Locked you out of two different houses in the same yes, day. Yes,
2: in the same day. Third time I've been locked out of two different houses. And my parents' house, it, I took him in through the garage door and they have like a code on their deadbolt but the bottom is just like a regular lock. He's not locked me out of the code. The top part. He's locked the bottom part. So I am just like I've said every cuss word at this point.
1: How I've, many cuss words do you know, Kaylee?
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't even know all, all of them because I've said all of them. Yeah. So every every um, form of the cuss word, every way you can say it, I have said it at this point. So I reach where the key because my parents have a key hidden. Reach where it's supposed to be and it's not there. And i'm like you've got to be freaking kidding me this is like i this day cannot get any worse because my keys are inside their house so i couldn't even leave in my car
1: and you have you have this precious puppy free
2: inside their house you're right inside my parents like really nice clean house <laughs> so i call my dad he i can tell he's still with nathan and catherine i can tell they haven't left yet because he picks up the phone he's like hello i say i'm gonna kill this dog and he goes okay. I said, no, seriously, you're coming home to a dead dog. Like, I promise you, he will be dead by the time you get here. Tell Nathan and Catherine. It was fun while it lasted. Tell them I I said goodbye for them. He will be dead.
1: This is the darkest timeline.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. He goes, okay. I'm like, he locked me out of your house. He's like, are you kidding me? Thankfully, the key was like, just misplaced. So it was still there. I got him and I got inside, shoved him in the crate, flicked him off, Locked the crate, left the house.
1: Never to be seen again. Yeah. Do you I, do you feel like you and Huck going forward are going to have like different boundaries in your relationship?
2: Oh, yeah. Like I even saw, I saw him a few days later when Nate and Catherine got back in town and I was just like, had zero patience for him.
1: Now Nate's not listening to this recording. Nate's heard this story though, right?
2: Yes, because he has heard the story.
1: he's your brother. I'm gonna guess he's heard it 28 times. Yeah, from I feel you. like
2: I've told it 15 times at least because people's reactions are hilarious when I when I tell it. Yeah, and it's funny now. It's really funny now. But in that day, I, it was awful. It was awful. So, I watched children. Like I babysat children, three children at a time for five days. That was easy. I would do that a hundred times over and <laughs> watch Huck for 24 hours.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite huck pup date that we've ever had by a million miles and i love that nate's not here to refute any of it (laughs) not that he could refute any of it because he wasn't there anyway right
2: right no it it was this is all true i would not make i couldn't make this up if i wanted to
1: kaylee grace thank you for providing just just a a a beacon of joy and hope and and (laughs) sunshine and happiness into our heart today by providing all of us with some bird dog training tips (laughs)
2: Don't get a dog. That's what I say. <laughs> don't get a hunting dog. They're
1: crazy. Oh my word!
2: <laughs> uh,
0: Nate, how she, do you how do you feel? So like, yeah, feel? yeah. Like what's listen? I mean, she had it for twenty four hours and she couldn't figure it out. I like I don't know what. You know, I think it's just I, she's not ready. She wants a puppy. I don't think she's ready. It's a little irresponsible dog ownership stuff going on there. I think, um, but you know. Uh, I will give some credit to Huck. He is, uh, you know, can be a little poophead sometimes for sure. Uh, but he's also <clears throat> smart enough to lock and unlock doors. So at multiple know, houses, yeah, really, at, at several different houses and in several different circumstances. So, uh, you know, he's a smart dog. I don't know what to tell you. Know, I'll, you gotta I'll, watch those smart ones.
1: First off, the main question I have is: Is Kaylee the one? because I I feel like that does not bode well for her future that she keeps getting outwitted by a six month old puppy, an eight month old puppy, whatever it was. Right. Right. Um, That's first off. Second off, I'm a little concerned that Huck is potentially some sort of a thief because of his propensity for locks and his, his, um, like he's, 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 he's he's obviously got some kind of aptitude there and I'm worried that you are raising
0: basically a, uh, a con dog. Mm. Yeah, we're starting. We're starting a lock picking business pretty soon, and uh, so if you've got if you need to get in somewhere or out of somewhere, let me know. I'll bring the dog. It's like a blood tracking service, but different, right?
1: But but with a eight month old poodle pointer. Before right, and, we and door locks. Before we get into whatever passes for a main segment on this show anymore, and who even knows um, what what this is about. We have to tell you about our good friend, Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. Do you think Fletcher would cover uh, if you had to break a window because a dog locked you out of a house?
0: Uh, Yes, I believe he would.
1: You think he would? Okay, so we'll ask Fletcher that this week. We'll get an answer before next week's show and and clarify that. Would Fletcher cover uh, uh, having to break into your own house because Nate's dog locked you out?
0: That's, that's that's a good question. That's that's a great question.
1: Fletcher Hallett has been with the show for a long time. Uh, I think almost two years now. And he's the official insurance guy of the show. If you want to get a policy on your boat, on your car, on your house, on your business, if you're a guide and you want fishing license or fishing guides insurance or hunting guides insurance, Fletcher's your guy. Give him a call. 904-315-5812. You can call or text or send an email to hallet at com. None of us are singing the song. Emily's not here. Do you want to sing the song? I don't want to sing the song. Like I'm no, sparing the people.
0: I'll end it just by going, yeah.
1: Okay, there you go. You know the song, double the L's, double the T's. Hallet for all your insurance needs. Nate, yeah. can you give us a... <laughs> that was a very dispassionate, yeah. <laughs> Should we address that Emily's out sick? Emily is actually yeah.
0: legitimately sick. Right. She, she she's she's not a, just like taking a week off.
1: Yeah, she took a sick day from the podcast. Like she's she's sick. So she'll hopefully she'll be feeling better by the time this airs. But um, not she's she's under the weather. Uh, we need a fishing update because when last we spoke to you, you were on a dock with it sounded like forty seven kids yeah, and like
0: the wind blowing. Yeah, it, it was. I it was it was two children, but uh, they they've got the uh, energy for about fifty three. Okay. Children. So, uh, yes, uh, fishing was actually pretty good that week. Uh, your spot suggestion was like the money spot all week long. Uh, every time we went in there, <clears throat> we caught fish, uh, no matter what the tide was doing. Sometimes we caught six fish, but sometimes we caught 40 fish, just depending on, uh, you know, a lot of snapper, a lot, a lot of snapper. We did want to do a fish fry, so we were able to keep, keep, several snapper um you know caught a lot of keepers and it was funny like we had enough fish on thursday so we started throwing them back and i bet out of the 20 fish we caught on friday 15 of them were keepers like that's how like the ratio was uh you know that day and so we were like throwing them back and uh some of my northeast georgia in-laws they're not really accustomed to throwing fish back (laughs) especially if they were able <laughs> and legal to keep. Um, so that was some, uh, They he, he was, he kind of just shook his head. He's like, man, this takes some getting used to. I said, yeah, it kind of does. Uh, down in Florida, we are a little used to it because we haven't been able to keep a lot of fish in the last couple of years. But um, anyway, we caught, we caught a couple of redfish. Uh, we caught several snook, um, caught a giant flounder, 21 inch flounder weighed four pounds. It was huge. Um, and, uh, the biggest flounder I've ever seen come out of that area for sure. And, um, but yeah, no, we had a great week. Fishing was really good. Actually. Water was beautiful. Weather was great. A little windy, but we made it work. So for, for Southwest
1: Florida, like, like our
0: Fletcher Hallett's area, like, like Jacksonville, they get some some studs up there. Yeah.
1: But for our area, that's a monster flounder.
0: Giant. It's huge. What now, was Huge. that? Was that a
1: Friday fish or was that an earlier in the week
0: fish? Uh, that was an earlier in the week fish, so we were able to. Excellent. Eat, we ate that one, and uh, you know, obviously flounder's very good eating fish, and um, yeah, so we had snapper and flounder for our fish fry, and it was a good, good mix. Just really good fish. I mean, you, you can't beat it at all.
1: You, you really can't. You, you really can't. Probably, probably two of my favorite fish to eat. Yep. Um, we did you see you so you you got to do as much fishing last week as i've done in a while um
0: did you see how was the snook bite first off was it good it was good um you know we mostly picked up snook while we were snapper fishing um like along the mangroves and stuff we would pick up a couple of snook here or there we didn't like super target snook we caught a few under the lights one night um which was fun but uh uh, our normal snook spots you know were not on fire like they normally are because we're usually there a month later right <clears throat> and so uh the snooker uh just starting to come up into the passes and the uh you know beaches and stuff to spawn so uh i think those spots are going to be pretty good here in the next uh, month or so I, I should
1: say this episode is going to be about as close to live as we do a podcast because we're recording it the night before it airs Yep, late at night the night before it airs yep. so there's not going to be much editing that goes into this podcast but speaking of doing a podcast live we have some big news for the people we do so we've shared this in the facebook group
0: and we kind of ha- ambiguously a little bit yeah it well, wasn't like up the yeah, it was it was a nice little tease it, it was a nice little, subtle uh, yeah. it's just subtle yeah.
1: um and we're going to share it now on the podcast for everyone that listens to the podcast
0: nate give them give them the deets uh august 14th put it on your calendar it's a saturday um grove roots brewing company winter haven florida both of our hometowns and we're gonna do a live show Uh, again part due two years later um we're doing a live show and you know we're we're trying to pack that place out so please come we'll have more details as we get closer as far as like you know tickets and things but
1: we, um, we are going to be selling tickets as inexpensively as we can to kind of help offset the cost of the venue because the venue ain't free. Um, but we will be announcing a ticket sale date on the podcast and, and in our group first, our Facebook group first, because we want to make sure the folks that are have been with us the longest kind of get first opportunity at, the, at this, right. this, this event. Uh, Nate is going to come down to Florida. I will be there IRL. <laughs> Which is the most confusing thing if you've been around very long because the Indian River Lagoon is not where Nate will, will be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty pumped about this. It's going to be a special show and uh, really excited about it. It's going to be a little different than the last one in a good way. And it's going to be, uh, anyway, more, lots more to come. You're going to hear us reference this quite a bit coming. But here we are, uh, what is this, three months out. Three months out. Put it, in, Save the date. Yeah, we're giving you three August months. August 14th. Three yep. months to put it on your calendar, and and plan a pilgrimage to Winter Haven, Florida. And have you seen some of the chatter already around this? I don't know what's really going to happen or not, but like, someone was talking to Trail Diver about coming to play, which is the band that does our our yeah, song. Yeah, that'd
0: be legit. We could do a live <laughs> intro song. That would yeah. be sweet.
1: How cool would that be? Um, so don't know the logistics of making all that work right now, but. Uh, really excited
0: about the excitement about it because folks are pumped because
1: it's been, I mean, it wasn't our fault. It's the pandemic
0: and everything else. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It'll be fun just to be together and hang out and gather and be able to be in our same room with people and not have to worry about restrictions or anything. So uh, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time for sure.
1: One thing we were not, I don't think you or I, when we started this podcast, thought we would develop the community out of it that has developed. Do you agree with that?
0: I totally agree with that.
1: So I, we wanted to tell you guys about the live show. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, um, who, we did a Springs run. Did you see our pictures from the, what, I did see week?
0: the pictures and I saw, oh, we'll jump like 300 feet off oh the top my of gosh. that tree.
1: What? In fact, when we were going to record this yesterday or whenever, it well, was, I don't know. I lose track of when we record things anymore. feels like I record something every day right now because of your right. wedding. Like I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get ahead. So, um, Will climbed a tree. It had to be 35 feet, 40 feet. It was up there. And I will be honest with you, the most stressful part of that, to me, is the climbing. Because it's like boards nailed to a tree trunk.
0: Yeah, two by fours just nailed into it. Yeah.
1: Not super, um, not OSHA uh, approved.
0: Not not OSHA approved, yeah.
1: But we went to a spring on the Withlacoochee River called Big Blue. And uh, they had this tree there. Will climbed up. it. Well, another one of our friends of the show, Michael Marino, had jumped out of it earlier in the day as a responsible adult. And so I think Will thought about it all day. And like 30 minutes before we were getting ready to leave, he climbed up. I, I was loading something in the boat, and someone said, Travis, you need to go over here. Your son's up in that tree. Like, I didn't know he was going to do it or anything else. And he was up there. And once he's up there, I'm like, well, there's no way to get him down. The only way down yeah. is to jump. Yep, got to do it. So, um, not sure I would have signed off on that necessarily as a father, but
0: I'm proud of it him. Worked out, it worked out, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that was I, I'm super proud of him. That's like a big, it's a big deal.
1: Took some took some courage to do that, but I'm saying all this to say on June the nineteenth, we w- are going to do another Springs run. Um, just getting as many people together as want to on that Saturday, and we're going to go to Withlacoochee and run up the river it's an 18 mile mud boat run from where we started so it's not it's That's not a, a heck of a run yeah it's not an insignificant and the only way to get there right now is mud boat or airboat like you could not run a skiff like it's i ticked yeah i ticked a couple of stumps and maybe a rock or two i'm not sure what but as we ran up the river but anyone that wants to join us can join us we shared that in the facebook group uh, as well um yesterday today i guess when we're recording this uh, so if anybody if anybody's in town wants to to make that run, we had folks drive from Naples to do it the other day, which was talked about in the Facebook group. It wasn't
0: secret. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. It was, no, it was posted out there for a while.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. So the Moraleses, Nicole and Justin. You know right. Nicole and Justin from doing workout yeah. stuff. Um They they drove up from Naples the night before and got a hotel and came with a long tail. Which, by the way, you do many eighteen mile runs with a long tail. Justin's not going to need a workout group because he's just going to be buff, just on that yeah, one side. Yeah. His left hand, yeah, yeah. his, his left right, his right arm, his
0: right arm is going to be like ripped because he's like, control, keeping that thing in the water <laughs> under control.
1: But his his long tail moved really good. I was surprised how fast it moved. They got two younger kids, so Sam and Nicole and, and and the two kids, and it, it it couldn't keep up with the service drives, but it was not much behind us
0: for what it was able to right.
1: do. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, those uh, things will surprise you.
1: The other thing that I just wanna tee up, we're not gonna get way into this, but it's a thing I wanna tee up and we can maybe have a conversation online and or we will revisit this in in a future episode with Emily and or Dan is, um, so last week was the commission meeting, the FWC commission meeting. And if if you were in our Facebook group, which is Cast and Blast Florida, Cast and Blast FL dash the group, and and is an ampersand. If you're in that group, um, I kinda live tweeted the, the commission meetings. I thought that was a fun way to keep up with it for folks. But one of the things that was discussed was reopening Goliath Grouper. And the proposal, I'll probably miss some details. I don't have it right here in front of me. But the proposal was essentially, there's a lot of Goliath Grouper out there. Fishermen, especially in our part of the world, the West Coast, Southwest Coast, believe there are too many of them and they eat everything on a wreck or a reef. Um, other parts of the state don't believe there are as many. But these have kind of become, Mike Elfenbein put it well, the bear of salt mm. water in Florida because they're yeah. kind of a charismatic dive operations really like them because you can dive down there. They'll come up, let you see them, feed them, whatever. Um, so there was a proposal on the table to reopen Goliath Grouper with a quota tag, basically. Like a we'll, we'll right. take a hundred of them this year and it won't impact the population. And we're going to do this for four years and see what come back and see where we're at. And... I was really kind of uh taken aback. The commission directed staff to proceed with that, but I was uh, they I think they reported of the 5000 comments they got or 3000 comments they got, all but 2% were in favor of keeping Goliath Grouper closed. Interesting. Yeah, I find that astounding because on the call in number, it felt like it was 55-45 in favor of keeping it closed. Like it was a, mm. a much closer discussion than the way it was presented right um but that's not what i really wanted to tee up what i wanted to tee up was i was having a conversation with someone this week and they talked about should there be an ethical component to wildlife management and i think everyone would say yeah absolutely there should be like just on spec But the conversation went this way. One of the callers on the commission meeting brought up the idea of we shouldn't open them just because the population could sustain losing 100 Goliath grouper. And he said, if that's the case, you could open up a season and allow people to kill one manatee or three manatees a year or 10 manatees. It's like some number out there, right? Right. Where the manatee population would sustain harvest. And when you get to thinking about that, like when we get into bird regulations and stuff, you could conceivably... Kill cardinals within the compensatory mortality rate. Like, right? There's a lot. Is that Huck?
0: Is Huck going off right now? He's going off. I don't think you can hear it through the mic. That's but okay. We can hear it.
1: Everyone knows how terrible Huck is at this point, or loves Huck, yeah. and how terrible yeah. Kaylee is at this point. But right, the 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 broader construct or the broader conversation here is where does that ethical component to wildlife management sit? How should it sit? What should it be? What's the tippy point? Is it based on heritage? Is it based on acceptable societal norm? Like give me your thoughts, right. Nate, cause I'm hitting you cold with this.
0: Yeah, no. So um, my question would be like, what makes a Goliath or a manatee or a cardinal, but then a deer or a snapper or a dove. Right. So <clears throat> like what, you know, what, in like if you take away all the human constructs that we've built over the years and you just think about, you think about like a food source or, um, you know, a population to be managed. What makes those different? Like what is different about those? And, uh, the, I think the answer to that is like, it's our human constructs around these animals more so than an actual population or an actual like table fair or whatever you want to say. Um, and so I I do believe there should be an ethical component uh to wildlife management, but if that ethical component is detrimental to the populations at hand, then I think science should take over at that point.
1: Well, and I think I think you just tiptoed around or you you didn't tiptoe around. I think you walked up to it. Then what becomes the line that says we don't have population management restrictions in place for harvesting cardinals? but we do for harvesting ducks and the difference between those. Why, why do we have a difference between those? And no one's yelling that we should open up Cardinal season or BJ right. season or Cedar waxwing season or anything else. But um, I think it's an interesting discussion. I, I'm not going to lie. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable to think about, but I think yeah. it's an interesting discussion that we need to dig in down the road at some point. But um, I you know, we, we, we talk about as hunters all the time, we want to manage the deer population. We want to help manage the bear population. We want to help manage this, help manage that. And where's that impetus that it needs to be managed? Obviously, in right. deer, in some cases, yeah, they're overrunning houses or, or right. <clears throat> food plots or or I'm I'm sorry, yeah. gardens and agriculture. But um, I, anyway, I think it's an interesting discussion that had not really. I think we all kind of assume the ethics takes place at like a commission level in whichever state you're in. Right. There's like a governance that occurs there. But I, I thought between the Goliath grouper discussion, the commenter mentioning the manatee and kind of where we are in Florida with resource management as a whole. Uh, I think it's I think it's a discussion that that bears digging into more in the future. And I'm not ready to do it today. Like I'm not prepared to have no. it. But I, mm. I
0: thought it was something we should absolutely tee up. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's a valuable discussion to have for sure.
1: Okay, with that, I feel I, I was so stoked that it was going to be the whole team back together for for the first time in a long time, and Emily had to get sick, but that's okay because we are going to do keeps and release. Nate and I are going to do them. But before we do keeps and release, we have a a renewal of ad. Craig Harrell is back. You know Craig? Oh yeah. Did, have I did you did you hear last week's episode where I was talking about Craig's dump nesting with his wood duck nest boxes?
0: No, I missed that one.
1: Okay, yeah, so so Craig Craig put in a wood duck box, and he calls me, and he's like, dude, the wood ducks were out there nesting in my box, and I was so excited when they left. I went out there to peek and see. They, they, he watched them fly away. He said, and he, and he opened the top of it, and there was a wood duck sitting in there. Whoa. So multiple hens were dump nesting into that box, and he's trying to solve that problem. But anyway, Craig killed his first alligator last year. We've known him most of our lives. Big-time deer hunter. Um good dude, good all around guy. He runs Harold Adjusting Services 863 559 3405. We're going into hurricane season. If you're worried, if you if you have an insurance claim, so you've gotten damage to your house for some reason and you want someone to help walk you through that process, Craig is a public adjuster and able to do that with you. So the 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 thing that he said, and I kind of laughed when he said it is you can't nothing rhymes with Harold except peril. So, if, if we go into hurricane season, if you have a flood in your in your house, if you something falls on your roof and damages it or whatever, give Craig Harrell a call. You can find him on Facebook, Harrell Adjusting Services. Find him in our Facebook group, Craig Harrell, or you can give him a call, text, whatever, 863-559-3405. Nate, what is, do you even know what your, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your release? Because this is a good release.
0: Uh, yeah, um my release is ticks and uh i had more than one on my person this past weekend um when i was out uh running huck and stuff so y'all check yourselves cuz they're out and about and you know they're mean little buggers and there is a tick out there that can potentially make you allergic to red meat I think there's some pre-existing conditions there, but I don't want to find out if I have those conditions. And so ticks scare the living crap out of me. And so I try to spray down every time I use permethrin for my clothes and treat the, my clothes with that, uh, my hunting clothes anyway. I'm starting to think like I need to treat all my clothes because I don't necessarily always wear my hunting clothes when I'm training the dog. Um, So anyway, y'all be careful. Uh, I don't. I, they just give me the heebie-jeebies. I don't. I hate them. Yeah, I, I hate. I hate
1: ticks as well. I don't know anybody that likes ticks, but ticks are the things that give me nightmares. By the way, did you see someone posted that that funny? It was like a meme in the Facebook group this past week, and I'll, I'll describe it. It's like a field of wildflowers with a with yes. a blanket laying in it yes. and a pillow. It says, "What What if you and your favorite person, your loved one, could spend the day here?" And <laughs> someone else said, "Did a tick write this tweet?" Right.
0: It it would look like tick central that whole field. Oh my gosh! It made me start itching just to look at yeah, it. I was like, "Yeah, you pick up that blanket. There's like a thousand ticks on it, guaranteed." So,
1: so I talked last week on the the podcast I did about going to a stakeholders meeting for the hunting and game management stuff in Florida, and that was held at the the uh, youth center in Ocala, which is like this really cool. It, it's like a youth camp. And it's got a. a it's got housing. It's got, like, recreation facilities. It's got a big cafeteria meeting room and stuff. Anyway, we parked out under these oak trees, and we got done. A couple of us were staying out there talking for 10 minutes. Right. I got home and found ticks on me for two days like they were just it was awful yeah it was awful this is terrible radio like people are turning this
0: off because no yeah well at the training day that i went to uh one guy walked up to me we got there we were there probably 10 minutes same kind of thing and he walked up to me and he had one on his sweatshirt like right here on his collarbone i was like hey man you got a tick and i like i grabbed it and like pulled it off i was like you've been here 10 minutes and you already have a tick on you so they're out there. They're bad. I hate them. They should die. Down, thumbs down on ticks. I can't believe we've ever released ticks before. I, me neither, but it's like it's a current event, you know.
1: Yeah, okay. My release is – I'll put a link to this in the show notes if I remember because it's so late. There's a like a 75% chance I'm going to forget. But I just sent it over to Nate. It's called a Smart Lure, and it's a – you saw it. Yeah. It's basically a fishing lure that's rechargeable that you cast out and it animates itself. So you don't do anything. But hold on. Hold on before you weigh in on that. So you cast out there. It moves around and mimics a bait fish. But it also records data on what it's doing when the fish strikes it. The GPS coordinate type stuff of where it is. You reel it in you unhook the fish that you catch on it and then you hold the the lure next to your phone and it bluetooths over the data to capture and i'm like this is a bridge too
0: far man this yeah. is
1: this is not what fishing is about yeah like this i have zero use for this
0: what's the price tag on that
1: sucker it's 150 bucks
0: yeah first time anybody uses that straight into the trees and it's gone forever Like, I just feel like if you're going to use that, you better be throwing it in the middle of nowhere, open water, with no structure around you. Because that thing gets hung on a stump or a rock or a tree, and it's $150. You just left in the ocean.
1: But, okay, but hold on a second. I used to work in IT many, many years ago, and hard drives were a million dollars. And now hard drives are like you can buy them and carry them around on your keychain and stuff. Like they're right. they're right. Yeah. They're five bucks for way more than we ever had when I first got into sure. IT. Yeah. So I I'm concerned this is a precursor to technology getting into spots it should not be in. Agreed. And then we get into a conversation more broadly on where is the line for ease of like like what if you could create a technology that you just go out there? You don't even have to pick up a fishing pole; it just launches these lures off the side of your boat somehow. You park, you have a beverage, yeah, and it reels the fish in for like. Yeah. Where's the line on where it's still fishing? I think something that is animated and recording data is no longer fishing.
0: I agree. That's that's scientific study at that point. In my yeah, may,
1: maybe that's a maybe. Fifty years from now, it's it's mainstream and socially acceptable. I certainly hope it's not because. Yeah. For all the technological advances in fishing, there's still a hook tied to a line that you put a bait on or right. there's some limitations. I there. mean,
0: yeah. And, you know, we talk about this in hunting a lot, right? With like cameras and drones and other different Crossbows technologies. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, like all kind of crazy stuff. And so, but it's rarely talked about in fishing. So I think yep. this is a, this is a good avenue to start talking about that in fishing so, for sure. So that item, my release, I'm done with that.
1: Let us. I'm gonna go first on keeps because mine's not nearly as good as yours, and I feel like we're gonna camp out on yours for a second. But mine is. I'm gonna show it to you, Nate. It is a water bottle. I see that water bottle. Now the brand of the water bottle doesn't matter. This okay. one happens to be a Corksicle. Okay. Which which I like because it's got the straw oh, that the goes all the way up. to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the straw goes all the way to the bottom, so you can sip it. You don't have to like tilt it up to drink. Nice. I hate I hate bottles you have to tilt up to drink because like you're driving down the road, you hit the the visor and stuff. Yep. I'm a, I'm a big dude. I'm a tall guy. Anyway, Travis, me, Travis. I am attempting to go plastic free on my boats. Okay? Now, that's not a that's not I can't believe I have to say this. That's not a political statement. Like I'm not looking for how much how much plastic's really created, how big I'm simply saying this is a small thing I can do that does actually it's better. It's, right. It's better than what I am doing. And so um we have gone plastic free. I'm excited about this. I got me a water bottle. I got Will a water bottle. Emily already had a water bottle. She's had one since like nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm excited. It's just a thing I wanted to share with you guys. Tori Linder, who who is a she is not a hunter, but she does Path of the Panther in Florida. She has been on me for a while to go plastic free on my charters, on my hunting trips it's going to be difficult for me to go plastic free in my life, but I, I thought, you know, wherever you can make a small change that's, sure. that's, that has a small impact. If a lot of us would do that, it does make a, a big change down the road. So the Thompson family is, is trying to go plastic free. It's a thing we're working on. So nice. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. It's my keep. Let us have your keep because I, I want to hear great detail about your. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, uh, I mentioned we had a fish fry on our vacation. Uh, and uh we use the louisiana um fish cornmeal blend which okay. we haven't i I'm not I've never really used a lot of prepackaged batter fish batter fish uh, meal but this stuff is actually really good it's fl- flavorful they actually season it a little bit cuz we usually just season our own right you know we put we just buy cornmeal and then put salt pepper whatever else we want in it um but this was really well seasoned, so that's part of my keep is this breading that we had. Uh, it's just the Louisiana fish fry breading, um, and then we, uh, one of uh, Catherine's cousins, found a like fish sauce slash, uh, rumala type sauce recipe online. He was like, "I want some sauce to go with my fish." So it's basically uh, mayonnaise mustard uh, horseradish and relish with like some salt and pepper and, uh, maybe some hot sauce if you want a little more heat. But let me tell you on a piece of fried fish, it is so good. Cause it's just like this, like a little bit tangy, a little bit spicy. Um, there's a little bit of sweetness there from like the relish and, uh, it's just a really good combination when it comes to a piece of fried fish and that sauce. So I don't know if I can have another fish fry without something along those lines. Like, I think you can, you can do what it's very customizable. You can make it whatever you want. You can leave out the horseradish. You can add more. You can, um, not do the, uh, relish or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. But, and I bet there's some of our listeners that have their own little recipe that they put together every time they have a fish fry. Uh, but it's really good. This is like creamy and, um, just adds a nice little flavor to the piece of fish. Uh, as you're eating it, so it's good. Uh, let me let,
1: let me ask you a question. First off, was there were there cheese grits? Yes. S- second off, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out a little bit here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold your feet to the fire. Okay. As a as a son of an outdoorsman, that is a good outdoors wild game chef. Your dad is the best fish fryer I've ever met.
0: Mm, like like, he's very
1: good. He he is held in highest regard in my family as a fish fryer. Um, and he is a Everglade seasoning flour cornmeal yeah. mixture guy. I believe what you're saying right now is that this packaged breading was better than your dad's. Fried I didn't say that, I didn't say it was better. That's what I
0: heard. I've that's never what I heard said better. I said okay. it was good. And if okay. you're not into like mixing your own spices together and you just want something easy, it's a good route to go because it tastes well, similar to what dad would make.
1: What are what uh, baked beans? Do you have baked beans?
0: We had. Yeah, so we had grits, beans, coleslaw, and I think some people had a salad. I skip salad. <laughs> There's no typically. reason to have yeah. a salad at a fish fry. No. Okay,
1: here's what I want you to do, Nate. I this this is Nate's opinion. I want you to rank these. Does your family do a big birthday dinner like like I I know growing up, like you guys did a birthday dinner every year, right? Yeah.
0: Mhm.
1: Okay. Rank these meals. Thanksgiving. Okay. Christmas. Okay. Your birthday. And your annual beach vacation fish fry. I Mm. want you to
0: rank those meals. meals. Okay. Um, I'm going Thanksgiving number one because it's just like all of your favorite foods in one spot, and you just gorge yourself. Number two, I'm going fish fry because I love a good fish fry. Uh, It's just there's something about like you're sitting around, you're you're frying the fish, and then if you're out there by the fish fry, you get to eat a little bit beforehand and test, you know. There's just like the whole like thing. Um, then I'm going, um, Christmas cause it's similar to Thanksgiving in some ways, but not, you know, it's different enough. Right. Um, and then I'm going my birthday cause it's like my birthday, it changes. some. like one year it might be steaks, and one year it might be, we might go out in one year. So I do love my birthday dinners and they're great, but it's like not the, it's not consistent enough for me to like rank it as a higher so that's my ranking: Thanksgiving, fish fry, Christmas, birthday.
1: That that's like asking you to pick your favorite children.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah,
1: it's not it's not even a fair question. But I, as you were talking about the fish fry, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put him on the spot and make him do this. Well, I I um, am going to pass on the sauce, whatever that sauce is, because I don't like any of the things that yeah, you I said know. you mixed together. I, I mean,
0: to I, and as soon as I started listing them off, I was like, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. So yeah.
1: You there know. was nothing in it that I eat besides hot sauce. Whenever hot sauce. you got to that as an additive later. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I'm glad I brought up hot sauce. Emily's not here, but whenever the three of us are back together, we are drafting hot sauces. We're doing to, another to hot clear, job. To clear, to clear, to clear yes. that up for the people that need to know. 100%. I think, I feel like you're back. Do you feel like you're back for a minute? I think so. Okay. We, Nate and I are recording an exciting podcast this week that won't air till the week that we're going to be out of town for his, uh, wedding, re- his re-wedding.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wedding celebration year anniversary. Cel- yeah, I don't know.
1: But that's going to be a super fun podcast you guys are not going to want to miss. And I think that's everything I got. Are you going to get us out of here in style for a change? In style. In style. Like, hey, woo! Go and see Thanks for listening to Cast and Blast Florida podcast. Serious outdoorsmen who don't take themselves too seriously. As always, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can figure out how to do that. You can check out our store at castandblastfl.com. Click the shop link, or you can join us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. The very best thing you can do for us, though, is to invite someone else to listen to the show. Recruit us a new listener. We hope everyone has a great day and enjoy the dulcet tones of trail Diver as they take you into your week.